welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. It's a Christmas message. Christmas is upon us. It always seems to be, um, life seems to be brighter and more colourful. What do we say about Christmas? Goodwill, peace, joy the favour of God, and you can walk around the shops and everything seems a little bit brighter. There's decorations out there. Good luck trying to find a nativity anywhere. Or if you do find a nativity, be a little one somewhere. So we need to pray for that. It's the way our community and culture is going. We want to pray because the Bible tells us that uh, there's there's an enemy out there and what he's done is blinded people's eyes and stuffed up their ears. So Paul says that's the first thing to pray for. That the blindness of people's eyes will fall away and the deafness in their ears will go. We want to pray for that. As you're walking around the shopping centre, you can do that. I was even listening for the carols going, I wonder if they have replaced Christmas carols with, you know, the the, the snowy Christmas ones, you know, Santa and stuff. Uh, happily, I can report, at Joondla, Lakeside, they are playing Christmas carols because I did hear half the Herald and so on and so forth. So... It's a great time because truth is being declared into the yes. into the shopping centres as people go. So Christmas is a is, it's a great time um, to be around, uh, yeah. and as much as we enjoy Christmas, peace, joy, goodwill, uh, it's it's a story within a much bigger story. Christmas is a story within the story of salvation. And along with the crucifixion, along with the resurrection, along with what we read in the Old Testament, it's all part of God's commitment to bring salvation. It's the story of salvation. Yeah. And when we stop and think about what salvation is, it's quite a serious matter. Mm. Christmas is quite a serious event. Mm. So, you know, as, as we go through this season, I want at some point you to calm some, you know, time alone and sit down and think about how uh, impactful and how uh, important and how central and how powerful are the events of Christmas. Because this is what salvation means. Salvation means to save from destruction. Wow. Wow. To save from sin and to save from death. And unfortunately, there are people who are going towards destruction because their reception of the, the, um, the salvation that God has on offer is, is, is not something that they have taken a hold of. It means to help those who are in distress, salvation. It means to rescue those. It means to deliver those. And God's commitment to us is of salvation. Why? Because we are totally compromised in terms of our morals in terms of our heart in terms of our thinking and no matter how hard we go about trying to repair that and trying to to come you know find a way through that we we are not able to do it we can't do it we are so sinful we are so lost we are so helpless that we can't and this is part of our again our modern way of doing things which is you know, I'm, I'm going to find my own way through. Self-care, you know. Yeah. Uh, we need God care. That's yeah, what that's we right. need. Yeah. And so it's, it's God's promise and intention to, to save us. 
because salvation and his commitment to salvation means there is going to be a saviour. And his commitment to redemption means there's going to be a redeemer. And his commitment to console us means there's got to be a consoler or a comforter who comes along. Because we had it so good in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> we had it perfect. We were perfectly secure. We were at one with creation. There was no sickness, no death, no distance from God. But that relationship was broken. And we can blame Adam and Eve, but I do it myself. You know, I go, you know what, God, I'm not going to trust you. I'm going to put myself over here and go and sort it out myself. But that trust was broken. And what did it pour into the world? It poured everything we understand as the fruits of sin and separation from God. Sickness, death, pain. This is a Christmas message. Sickness, <laughs> death, pain, war, joy to the depravity, world. Yeah, joy to the world, conflict, anxiety, insecurity. This is what the world is like without Christ. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yes. This is what it's like without Christ. But God's love is so, capital S, capital O, large, capital L, capital A, capital R, capital G, capital E, <laughs> is so large that he couldn't possibly abandon us to that way of life. And so he sent a saviour, he sent a redeemer, he sent a comforter, yeah. Jesus at the centre. Yeah. And he fills the Bible with the proclaimers, the ones who remind us and what's God's most common command to us. God's most common command to us is remember. Remember me. Remember what I've done. Remember my promises. And so right through the Bible, right through the story of salvation, we have these people I've called the proclaimers. Not these people. Not them. Go back to the other slide. But the proclaimers we find in the good book. Anyone else think proclaimers? Yeah, yeah I did. When you sent it to me, I wondered what you were preaching. Yeah, yeah. I'm preaching about the Old Testament prophets, the priests, Mary, a 16 year old virgin, John the Baptist is a little baby in Elizabeth who when Mary came in pregnant, leapt in the womb wow. because the Holy Spirit revealed to him as a little baby that our salvation was around. I'm talking about shepherds. I'm talking about angels. Yeah, wow. You start to look around for it right through the Bible. God is sending people who proclaim the salvation, the salvation that we find in mm. Jesus Christ. What is salvation? We have been saved from destruction. Yeah. We can be confident. We can have hope, we have um, joy, we have the peace because we know God is going to take care of us. It is such a great thing to come to that moment when you realise that you are never going to have it all together. I remember God said to me once, you are never going to have it all together. I thought, oh, okay, that's a good thought. I'm never going to be able to solve it, but God has and God will yeah. and God will walk with me. And what are the proclaimers proclaiming? Very loud and clear. God has promised our salvation. God is with us. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Saviour of the world. He is the salvation of our Lord, sent to heal, sent to restore, sent to make us whole. 
So let's look at a couple of the proclaimers. We can't do it all. But we'll start with an Old Testament prophet, Isaiah. Let me read to you from Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. Isn't that good? No more gloom for those who are in distress. Because in the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, the birth of Jesus, he will honour Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan because people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Isn't that great? Darkness to light. Those living in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has dawned, the salvation of our Lord. You've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. For they rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke, sin and death. You've shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. And every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. This is God's salvation promise. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. Nothing will get in the way. The Lord has said it, the Lord has promised, and salvation is available to all those who believe. What is God's promise? God's promise is not good goodwill. It's not peace. It's not joy. That's not God's promise. God's promise is a saviour. God's promise is Jesus. God's promise is his son, through whom will come peace and joy. Mm. And one of the errors that a lot of people tend to make is seeking after joy and seeking after peace without putting Jesus in between them and the peace and oh, joy. Wow. How do you get to peace and joy? Not by going around Jesus, not by going around the truth, but by going around the cross. Mm. It's going through the cross. Mm. It's going through Jesus, putting him at the centre. And you do that, and the fruit of that relationship is peace and joy, which is long-lasting. You will find no end of people who appear to be really well off and appear to have it all together uh, who will tell you, the pursuit of things of this world for joy and peace will bring you peace and joy for about, I reckon, eight weeks. <laughs> that new car will last for about eight weeks. And then the emptiness and the hole in you will start to gnaw away. And you'll understand that it is all empty. Without the Saviour, the Redeemer, the promise of God, which is a child. Yeah. We're going to read about Simeon in a minute. And I'm going to jump ahead, but that's because I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Simeon was in the temple and Jesus comes as a little baby. One of the things Simeon does is take Jesus in his arms and go, I have seen the salvation of Israel. But what has he seen? He's seen a baby. Mm. He's seen a person. He's seen God himself who has left heaven to 
to come to earth and to show his commitment and his dedication to us. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. When we're seeking salvation, when we're seeking to be saved from destruction, we will find it in a person. We don't find it in a way of living. We don't find it by a rule of living. We don't find it in any other way other than in Jesus Christ. That is the salvation, or he is the salvation that God has promised for us. We look for him. We look to him. He is the Emmanuel. He is Jesus. He is God with us. And Nicole read my next scripture, which were the next proclaimers, the angels. Who loves the angels? It's just about my favourite passage of scripture in the Bible. I love it when you turn the page, the blank page, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Because when you turn it, you go, it's here. Well, he's here. (laughs) The one that Jesus promised. Our salvation is here. And usually when angels are used in the the Bible to to announce, they usually send one angel. Mm. It will always be an angel. An angel appeared. Mm. An angel appeared. An angel appeared. But this, this announcement, this event, which is probably you know, the biggest one that's ever been, which deserves the biggest announcement that's ever been. It's the whole host mm, of wow, angels. Wow, yeah. Now, some, some, some studiers, I was going to say studiers, some, some people who study the Bible go, it's thousands upon thousands. Some say 10,000 upon 10,000. And some say it's all of them, which is, I don't know how many. But just imagine the whole thing full. Usually it's one angel. This is like, and that's why I love that carol we did, Hark the Herald Angels. Um, for years and years, I used to go, Hark the Herald, go get the Herald and Harken. <laughs> hark the Herald, go find the Herald and Harken. Then I saw a little comma after the word hark. It goes, Hark, comma. The Herald Angels are singing. And hark means stop. Hark means stop. And in the medieval times, the king would come out and go, This is what I am. Ordering, this is what I'm telling you to do. And the herald would come forth and he'd go, hee, 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 hee. Who remembers all that stuff? Stop, you've got to stop what you're doing. And turn to me and listen. This is what the king says. So I love that carol. Hark, stop. So at this time of Christmas, at some point, it's really beneficial to carve out some time to yourself and to stop. Stop and look at what God has done for us. The ultimate sacrifice, Jesus, who was in heaven, was omnipotent, was all-knowing, was omnipresent, glory upon glory, makes the choice, because there was no other way that sin could be dealt with, to come and be born as a little baby in a manger. Little baby, from being all-powerful, all-knowing, all-omnipresent, to being present as a little baby, to take on flesh, to take on the image because of his love and care for us. And that's how we know how valuable. There's another carol, O Holy Night. Mm. O Holy Night. Stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Saviour's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. We were in sin. We were in error. It says, until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. We didn't know how valuable and loved we were to God until Jesus appeared. Because he gave up the splendour of heaven to come down 
to be amongst us. Heaven broke through and landed on the earth. And what does that make possible? What does the birth of Jesus make possible? It makes this possible. It gives us confidence because that way he fulfilled all the prophecies we read in the Old Testament to prove that our Father is faithful and what he's promised he will deliver. He came down to reveal, only, only because he was born and be able to walk amongst us, he revealed our Father as our Father. Before Jesus came, we understood our Father, we understood God to be sovereign and mighty and powerful, but not a loving Father. Only a son could reveal God as a loving Father. Only the son can call him Dad. So he comes down and he teaches us and he shows us, why did Jesus come? John chapter 1 says, to reveal the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And only if he left heaven and came down and walked amongst us and taught us would we understand that. By being born, he was going to be tempted by every sin. He was going to struggle with exactly the same things we struggle with. But he defeated every temptation. He never sinned. So when we cry out in our difficulties, when we cry out in our challenges, he can identify with each and every one of them. He could only do that if he left heaven to come down. And then lastly, why is it such an amazing act of love? Because it was the only way that that perfect and holy person could be offered up as a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice on the cross. Sin is only forgiven by the shedding of blood. And the only way we were going to be saved from destruction was for someone who was perfect, someone who was holy, someone who was righteous, who would be prepared to die for that sin. Mm. The righteous dying for the unrighteous. Made possible because of the birth of Jesus Christ. So when the angels declare, glory to God in the highest today, what is the good news? The good news is not peace and joy. The good news is a saviour has been born. God himself, who is Christ the Lord. That's the good news. Don't you love that song? I'm going to boast in nothing but the cross. Mm. And so a saviour has been born. That's the good news. We tend to forget that bit. We tend to go with Christmas. Oh, peace, joy, good news. This is great. What a lovely time we're having. (laughs) Presents and so on. The good news is a saviour has been born. Jesus has left heaven. Why? To fulfil the prophecies and really to be born so he would die as part of the story of salvation. And then we hit Simeon, our third proclaimer. We tend to stop our story of Christmas at the angels (laughs) and the shepherds, but if we read on a little bit, we meet Simeon, the third of our proclaimers today. And on Luke chapter 2, verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Wow. Let's just pause for a minute. Mary and Joseph have gone through some amazing stuff. Like, what do you do when, when you conceive a baby from the Holy Spirit, when an angel appears to you as, as Joseph and says, you're going to have a son, you're going to call him Jesus. You're not going to call him Joseph. You're going to call him Jesus because, Joseph, you're not really his dad. I'm his dad. 
I'm the God of salvation, and you're going to call him after me. You're going to call him Jesus because he's going to save people from their sin. And the angels are there, and the shepherds come and say, you know, wise men and so on and so on. What do you do when you wake up the next day? Who remembers bringing the baby home? Mm. You know, what do I do now? I've got, it's all up to me. They do the job in front of them. They do what's righteous. They follow the law, and they take Jesus uh, on the eighth day. So again, when we're faced with challenges, when we're faced with unusual circumstances, what's a great way through to keep doing the things that are right to do? Pray, read your Bible, join community, come yeah. to church every Sunday. That's the stuff that keeps yeah. you going. And so when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem. What are Mary and Joseph doing? What they know is right. What they know is right, that's what they're doing, confident that God will take care of him, to present him to the Lord. As it's written, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And so moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When you read through the Christmas story, the Holy Spirit is all over it. Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist leapt in the womb, inspired by the Holy Spirit. The wise men were led by the Holy Spirit. Zechariah prophesied by the Holy Spirit. Here we go. This man, when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, here comes another proclamation. What's he going to say about Jesus? He's going to say he's a saviour. He's going to say he's the one we all need because we are never, ever going to make it. We need a saviour, but yeah. thank God he's given us one. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For well, my eyes have seen your salvation. Wow. My eyes have seen the baby. Where, who is our salvation? Our salvation is a person. It's Jesus. We look to Jesus. Jesus himself says, I'm going to be lifted up. Everybody who looks to me will be saved. We look to Jesus. We look to learn more about him. And you've prepared in the sight of all nations, as Nicole said before. He's a light for revelation to the Gentiles. You want to understand life? Understand Jesus. And the glory of your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them with this blessing and said to Mary, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul as well. That's good news. Again, it's like the Christmas spirit, isn't it? <laughs> but you think about what followed for poor old Mary and Joseph afterwards. Mm. You know, the angel comes and says, you're going to have a baby. This is great. It's going to be God's baby. And then what she, she finds herself doing, travelling on a donkey, nine months pregnant, away from her family, to, to a barn. She has the baby and the angels come along, but then not far down the track, you know the story, you have to flee to Egypt. Mm -hmm. And babies are killed. 
Now she's down in Egypt for three years, and then they've got to come back up out of Egypt, and they're a bit scared to go back to Jerusalem, so they head back up to Nazareth, and that's not a great place to be. What happened to all this awesome stuff <laughs> that we were promised? What happened to the angels? What happened to the Holy Spirit? What happened to all these miracles? What happened to all these prophetic prophecies? That's what we can be like, can't we? But it's very clear. He says, the promises are true. Yeah. He is our salvation. But be aware that there are many who are going to come against him. And we know that. And we have an enemy who is against us. So in those times of trial and in those times of challenge, we remember God's promise. That he has promised us a saviour. He has promised us salvation and a redeemer. Yeah. In the middle of challenges, we remember God's promises. The rise and fall of many, our salvation, our future hinges on who we say Jesus is. Who is Jesus? He's the Lord, he's the Saviour, he's our Messiah and he will lift us up and we come into a place of heavenly experience and heavenly realm and God has raised us to be with Jesus. And If we say no, that's not the case and unfortunately salvation, which means destruction, is your inheritance. He's so so accurate in what he says. Jesus is going to be the rising of many who call him Lord and Saviour, but he's going to be the falling of many who do not. He's going to be a sign opposed against. The Pharisees opposed him, the Romans opposed him, yeah. the enemy opposed him every step of the way, and we can expect that opposition as well. But we are confident that in the end, as our Saviour and as our salvation, we win. We have victory. We have yeah. the hope of eternal life in him. And this is the promise of Christmas. And that passes on to us because we become, we become proclaimers. Yeah. We proclaim the goodness, the greatness, and the glory of God, our Lord and our Saviour. Peter says this, don't you know who you are? You are a royal, you are, you are, we are. A royal and holy priesthood. Why? To declare the praises of him who has brought us out of darkness and brought us into light. Many years ago, I was woken in the middle of the night, and that doesn't happen to me often. Well, I do wake in the middle of the night. But I was woken in the middle of the night, and there were three, bam, 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 three words given to me. Meet, compete, and win. And the Olympics were on at the time. So I thought, oh, it's about Olympic Games, compete and win. Meet, athletic meet, maybe, I don't know. But then it sort of over the next day or two, it came to me that as a believer, as one who enjoys the salvation that uh, God has promised, then it passes on to me to be the one who proclaims that and declares what God has done in my life. What does Paul say? This is, what, this is what I want to do. I want to know Christ and I want to make him known. And that can be a challenge to, to take that step forward, to meet people, yeah. Yeah. to compete for them because the enemy has blinded them. The enemy has stopped their ears. And if you are meeting people, you're going to have to compete with what the enemy has put into. You need to pray. Go to prayer first. If we're looking at introducing people to Jesus Christ having salvation happen and occur and move through their lives, often we forget that really vital step because the God of this age has blinded them. 
rather we say to stop their ears. So you're giving a really great gospel message and not seeing it, not mm. hearing it. We're wrestling principalities and powers. And then we win them. We win them to Jesus Christ. That's the Christmas part of the story of salvation. We have a saviour. We want people to experience yeah. that salvation. We started the church way back. I, I remember this because I had such a strong conviction. I think the very first message preached in this church was me. I might be wrong, but it would have been one or two after that. And I preached three convictions, really strong three convictions. Number one is that uh, the local church, local church, these sorts of gatherings are God's plan A for saving the world and for saving the people who are in darkness. Number two, my second conviction is that the word of God is true and is accurate and is powerful yeah. and it's, a, it's the thing which moves and shifts things. And the third thing is that the fields are white yeah. unto harvest. Mm. And I still believe that nine mm. years on. Yeah. Those are the convictions, those are the promises that God has given us in his timing. The fields are wide. The local church is the way to go. And the word of God in our mouths declared and proclaimed shifts things and makes things possible. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.